Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey, what's up, Bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app. It's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday, and another Tuesday we're here coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, through your Alexa, through your home pod, all of that good stuff that you can now catch the bar on uh, your favorite podcast. And again, I bring you another awesome guest. Uh, and actually, in hindsight, I probably should have brought him in October when I did uh, people that inspired me. Uh, because this is one of the influences for the Bar Podcast. And um, this is, uh, I'm, I'm so excited also because I got to meet him in person at G3, as well as be on his podcast. So we had to definitely return the favor. But I have uh, today Mr. Chris from Iron Sharpens Iron. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great, especially now that I'm on the bar. <laughs> it's a great place to be man it's a great place to be man i i, I really uh i I'm, I'm definitely uh grateful that you were able to uh come on and and uh and, and kind of introduce you to some of my listeners and what i like to do in the beginning chris is just kind of give you the floor to introduce yourself uh whatever you want to share whether it's personal or professional i'm gonna give you the floor to do that now well, first of all, uh, I hope that word doesn't get around. Having been uh, someone with a serious drinking problem in the past, I hope that it doesn't get around that I was in the bar uh, and people get, on, uh, get get confused by that and dismayed and so on. I'm on the bar, not in the bar. <laughs> but, uh, gotcha, but, gotcha. Well, uh, I'll just give you my testimony. Uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. Uh, and I was an altar boy, went to Catholic school for uh, my elementary years from first to eighth grade, 
And then I drifted away from Catholicism. Uh, although, even though I, I drifted away and uh, entered, unfortunately, into some very serious uh, high-level drinking and pot smoking, I always believed that God existed. I always believed that Jesus Christ is God. I always believed in heaven and hell, and I was rebelling against what I knew to be true in that regard. I didn't have an understanding of the biblical gospel at that point, but I, I knew I was in rebellion, and I, I knew that I would be going to hell if I died. So it was uh, my, my life as a teenager all the way through my early 20s was like living uh, a game of Russian roulette every day. And uh, then uh, a, a, a young lady who at one time was my drinking partner, <clears throat> uh, she uh, made a profession of faith in Christ. She was going regularly to a little Pentecostal church in Lindenhurst, Long Island, and she was urging me to go with her. Uh, I began to visit there. I became convicted to quit drinking because of the abuse uh, that I was... Uh, going through with that substance, and um, and I knew that it was ruining my life, uh, so I uh, began to try to clean up my life, as it were, quit drinking and so on, and then that uh, friend of mine, uh, who started the process by God's grace to lead me to Christ, she left the, the church and uh, went back to drinking heavily and so on. I... Uh, maintained sobriety, and I was going to that church for a little bit, but I uh, started to visit other churches because I, I just could not see that the uh, the sign gifts that were being demonstrated were valid. I just did not uh, feel comfortable with it. Uh, I, I just did not believe that that was my home. I, I knew that I was never going to accept this tongue speaking and things like that that were going on. So uh, eventually, I started visiting a Baptist church in the neighborhood where I lived, and uh, the uh, church was a Reformed Baptist church, unbeknownst to me. And I uh, finally came to a place where I knew that I had to stop playing games, that I was not eternally safe by riding the fence. Because even though, believe it or not, I was uh, stone-cold sober, I was frequenting bars nearly every day because of the atmosphere and the people and uh, I loved uh, being in that atmosphere and being surrounded by you know the profanity and all the things that go on in in bar life and uh, so I, I my conscience reached a point where I knew that uh, I was not in, in a safe place eternally trying to live in both worlds with one foot in one world and one foot in the other. So uh, the Lord broke me down, and I finally said to the pastor of that Baptist church, Mike Gadosh, who happens to be the founder of Solid Ground Christian Books, by the way, uh, he, uh, I, I called him up and I, and I said, you know, I really am at the end of my rope. I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to go back to drinking again. And I believe that night that uh, we spent some time in the diner after I called him uh, with an urgent plea for help. I believe that's when the Lord really finally removed my heart of stone and gave me a heart of flesh, and I, I could not wait to be baptized. And that was something that I was terrified to do before. I was, I knew that it was a public commitment to Christ 
uh, an eternal commitment. And I, uh, I finally knew that, uh, that I was excited to let my friends and families and neighbors know that I was standing for Christ, that I was leaving my past behind. And so I uh, was baptized and uh, became a uh, member of that church. And that church later on uh, merged with First Baptist Church of America, another Reformed Baptist church, because the two congregations had two different problems. The, the church that I was baptized in, Calvary Baptist Church of Amityville, was a growing church in a small building. And First Baptist Church of Merrick, Long Island, was a shrinking church in a large building, at least large for Baptist churches on Long Island. It's, it's sat about 450 people, I believe. And uh, obviously, I know that in other parts of the country, that's a that's a tiny little uh, chapel. But <laughs> for us, that's big. In fact, for Reformed Baptists, that's big. And uh, so we merged, and we became Grace Reformed Baptist Church of Long Island. And uh, let me backtrack a little bit. Right before that uh, that merger took place, so actually, it was about four years before that merger took place. Uh, I uh, married the the woman, the Christian woman that I was dating for three years. She wasn't going to tolerate me just dating her anymore. And uh, I finally proposed. I uh, proposed at B. Smith's Restaurant in New York City uh, right before we went to see The Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. And uh, we were married uh, a couple of years after that. And... Uh, uh, we were married in the building in Amityville, Calvary Baptist Church of Amityville, where I was baptized. And my precious wife, uh, uh, after nearly 20 years of marriage, uh, she suffered a fatal heart attack. Uh, she was um, going through some illness that we were never able to determine what it was. We went to all kinds of specialists and she was continually losing weight and becoming more and more frail. Um, and uh, finally, her body just could not take the frailty uh, of her of her light weight and so on. And uh, she passed away, but uh, passed into the arms of Christ. And and I still grieve over that, even though that was in 2011 that she passed away. I grieve deeply over it. Uh, but uh, the Lord never lets me sink too deeply into the uh, depression and I thank God for that uh, and going backtracking and again uh, as far as my radio show is concerned I, I've been involved in Christian radio uh, since uh, the late 1980s uh, and then I began in 1990 a 15-year career with a major New York radio station that is owned by Salem Media, WMCA 570 AM, which was at the time located in Rutherford, New Jersey, <clears throat> and now it is back in New York City, where it actually began in the 1920s. And uh, we also, uh, Salem bought WWDJ, which is another historic station. Both of those are very historic stations, by the way. If you see some of these movies uh, of famous figures from history and famous incidents and so on <clears throat> you will sometimes see when when a when reporters are interviewing one of the main characters like Malcolm X or somebody you'll see WMCA and WWDJ microphones uh, so it does have a long history they do have a long history 
But I worked there for 15 years, and while I was there, I got the bug to become a talk show host because the in, in-house talk show host, Andy Anderson, a dear brother in Christ who's now with the Lord, uh, he uh, was a great guy, but he did not really have a very deep understanding of theology. And uh, I began to notice that there were hardly ever any reformed, theologically reformed guests on the program. So I started to recommend guests to him, and I would write all the questions for him. <laughs> and, and Andy began to fall in love with this. It was much less work for him. All he had to do is sit back, relax, and read off a list of questions. And uh, so he began to recommend that I fill in for him when he was on vacation or sick or something. So I began occasionally filling in for him and really uh, caught the bug big time to be a talk show host. When Andy uh, went home to be with the Lord, he had uh, developed uh, bladder cancer and it was discovered too late and he... Just within weeks of being diagnosed, he he went home to be with the Lord. Uh, For the first two weeks, the management of WMCA had me fill in as the host every day uh, until they found a permanent replacement. They did not want me to be the permanent replacement because, uh, as my general manager put it, hey, Chris, you do a great job, but I can't see having a strong five-point Calvinist hosting our in-house show every day. I'm just too nervous about that. And there was some legitimacy about his uh, apprehension over that because I knew that if I became their in-house talk show host, there was no way that I was going to just interview anybody that was buying airtime on that station. Like, for instance, if uh, uh, if a Benny Hinn was swinging through town or something and and spent thousands of dollars on advertising... Uh, they knew that I either would not interview him or would interview him, which would even be worse <laughs> because I would in, right, uh, right. I would give him the third degree and expose his heresy. In fact, even when I started my own talk show, uh, I guess Benny Hinn's uh, agent or whoever that w- was that called me, I guess they never heard my program because he called me when I started Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and said, uh, Benny Hinn's going to be at Madison Square Garden. Would you like to interview him? And I said, uh, yes, absolutely, but I have to be honest with you. I am going to do everything I can to expose him as a dangerous heretic because I believe he is leading souls to hell. And the gentleman said, okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks anyway. Bye. (laughs) But um, going back to how I actually started my own talk show, after 15 years of uh, working with WMCA and WWDJ, uh, uh, there at the time they had moved from Rutherford, New Jersey to Hasbrook Heights, uh, that was the last New Jersey location they had before moving to New York City. Uh, the um, <clears throat> I left uh, WMCA to move out on my own and become an independent ad agent. And I was driving around, and I had always noticed that there was a little tiny radio station in Babylon, Long Island, an uh, uh, incredible name to of a town to start a Christian radio show. <laughs> but um, wow. I uh, said, I'm going to pull in there and I'm going to uh, talk to the general manager and try to set up a relationship so I can sell airtime for that station as an independent agent. <clears throat> and so I met her. And within, I would say, 
five minutes of the conversation, uh, she says, have you ever hosted a talk show before? And I said, well, I've never hosted my own talk show, but I filled in for Andy Anderson Live on uh, a number of occasions when I worked for WMCA Radio. And she said, you have a really great voice. We have the two to three slot uh, open. You want it? <laughs> I was like, really? So, wow. so uh, I said, let me think about it, even though I knew in my head I definitely want this. I said, let me think about this. And I got back to her in two weeks and said, yeah, I'm ready to do this. I, I would love to take, your, take you up on your offer. So I began the show, Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, in 2005. And the first day uh, that um, I did the show, she was furious, the general manager. And during a commercial break, she, she runs into the studio and says, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean what I'm doing? I'm interviewing a guest. And she goes, I thought you were going to be like playing music and talking about the weather and talking about current events and giving uh, sports scores. I'm like, what? I said, you, you didn't say you wanted a DJ. And I said, and to, to be perfectly honest, the music that you play on the station, I hate most of it. <laughs> and so she was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to work. Well, she put up with it for... A while longer and then when I went to my brother's wedding and I had somebody fill in for me a pastor friend of mine I had him fill in and he said to me um, what do you what should I even talk about I've never hosted a talk show before and I said well I'll tell you what why don't you uh, and this I just pulled this off the top of my head I said why don't you do a critique of Joel Osteen since he is the pastor of the largest church in America and that was statistically the case at that time anyway and uh, he said, okay, I'll do that. And uh, he had uh, Christian recording artist Steve Camp on the phone. Uh, Steve Camp, who was a Reformed Baptist, uh, was on the phone with him. And they did a critique of Joel Osteen. And uh, when I got back from my brother's uh, wedding, when I returned actually the next Monday after my brother's wedding uh, to work, uh, I walked into the uh, radio station and the general manager was standing there with a look of absolute rage on her face and tears in her eyes. <clears throat> and she said, you know, I almost pulled the plug on your radio show last Friday. I said, why? Because they were insulting my favorite televangelist, Joel Osteen. And I said, well, uh, I am a Reformed Baptist and I think that uh, Mr. Osteen has some very serious uh, heretical problems in his teachings and practice. So I'm going to conduct my show the way I believe the Lord is leading me through what I believe to be the truth of the scriptures. I can't let you dictate what I'm doing. And she she was just livid, and she said, you know, if you ever do that again, I'm going to pull the plug on you. And her boyfriend, who also worked there, got in my face and was saying, you better not do that again, et cetera, et cetera. And I said to them, well, you know, uh, I, I am not going to be dictated to in regard to things that have eternal consequences. So, you know, you're just going to have to deal with what I'm doing or, or I'm going to have to leave. And it was obvious they really didn't want me to leave, but uh, they were still upset. But then within, I would say, I don't know, four or five months, all of that dissipated as far as the anger that they had because the, they began to see that I was getting it was a live call-in show at that time 
I have a live email show today, but at that time I had a live call-in show because I had a, a call screener. And um, they were saying, Chris, you have a call from Dublin, Ireland on the line. Chris, you have a call from Sweden on the line. Chris, you have a call from Alaska on the line. You have a call from Texas. I was getting calls from all over the United States and all over the world. And uh, they were blown away because this little tiny station never had any kind of attention like that. And they finally felt like they were a real radio station. And they were on the map and they were thrilled with, with my show, even though they could care less about what my content was. That you know, It's not like they agreed with what I was saying uh, at least half the time. It's not that they never agreed with it, but but they they the more controversial issues they they, they weren't uh, online with me uh, over, but they uh, still didn't care anymore because they saw that I was becoming a force to be reckoned with in Christian radio, and uh, then a Spanish Christian network took over the station. I got a call one day and from that general manager, and she said, "Chris, I got some shocking news. Don't bother coming in today. A Spanish network." bought out uh, the station, and so everybody has been terminated. And I was like, wow. About a week later, I get a call from the uh, general manager who was uh, El Salvadorian, and he said, is this Mr. Chris? And I said, yes, this is Mr. (laughs) Chris. He said, Mr. Chris, uh, we're getting many phone calls uh, wanting you back. Could you come back to do a show on our station again? <laughs> so I said, really? And I said, uh, is there any other English programming? And he said, no, you would be the only one. <laughs> so I said, all right. So I went back and was, for about two years, the uh, only English talk show host on that Spanish station. And uh, th- then my wife, uh, as I said earlier, in 2011, uh, she went home to be with the Lord, and I was so broken mentally and even spiritually, that I had to go on a hiatus. I went on a hiatus for four years. Uh, I moved to Pennsylvania, and uh, I didn't. I could not tolerate being in New York anymore. It was too depressing to to be there and see my wife everywhere I looked. So I moved to Pennsylvania, and my a couple of my advertisers that were faithful throughout the years on Long Island sponsoring my show. They contacted me and said, hey, uh, we want you to go back on the air. Are you ready yet? Because uh, we want to sponsor your show again. And so, uh, so it didn't work out with a local Christian station. Uh, they wanted me to pay for the updates they needed in their in their studio. And I was like, no, that's crazy. Who, who does that? I'm not going to do that. And, 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 then, and they also knew, or I knew, that I was uh, too controversial for them anyway because... Uh, one of the uh, the the leaders and the the, the staff there uh, said to me, uh, "As long as you don't talk about doctrine, we'll be okay. Just don't talk about doctrine." I'm like, what do you mean, don't talk about doctrine? Every time you say anything, every time you say anything about God or what is taught in the Bible, you're talking about doctrine. I don't even know what you mean by that. <clears throat> so I was really, I think, dodging a bullet anyway. So these advertisers said to me, "Hey, Chris, uh, why don't we?" buy the equipment that you need for a home studio and you could launch your show that way and then in time uh, perhaps you'll be picked up by a radio station and uh, so I said oh that'd be great so in uh, 2005 they uh, purchased uh, I'm sorry in 2015 they purchased the 
equipment that I needed for the studio, and I launched Iron Sharpen or relaunched Iron Sharpen's Iron Radio in Pennsylvania, and uh, Grace Life Radio, 90.1 FM in Lake City, Florida, eventually uh, has added my show to their lineup. Uh, that I met them at the G3 conference the year before I met you. And they had already wow. they had already known about my show. They loved my show, so the, my show is on not only live streaming on the internet, but it's on Grace Life Radio, ninety point one FM in Lake City, Florida. The day they air my show as a rerun the day after it was live, and my show has also just been picked up by a new reformed uh, internet network uh, called First Love Radio. And uh, they uh, have a vision. It's a brand new network, and I love working with them because they're all reformed. And they have a vision uh, to uh, start brick and mortar stations eventually. And uh, so I'm. That's where I am today. And I've God has given me the privilege of interviewing many powerful people in the faith. And I know that you've interviewed some of the same people. Uh, I've interviewed uh, John MacArthur. I've interviewed R.C. Sproul, who's now with the Lord. Uh, I've interviewed uh, Phil Johnson, who's the executive director of Grace to You, John MacArthur's ministry. I've interviewed him probably more than anybody. Uh, James White of Alpha Omega Ministries, of course. Uh, and I could go on and on and on with names that you'd recognize: Ligon Duncan, uh, Al Moeller, uh, and uh, and I, I, like I said, I've noticed that you have interviewed some of those same heavy hitters there. So that's where I am today, and I'm thanking God for the privilege of hosting Iron Sharpens Iron. Wow, that is amazing. Great. I, I'm glad you did that, gave the backstory, um, because a lot of people don't get to hear that side. You know, they hear, you know, the regular um, great interviews. Uh, like I said, one of the uh, influences to the bar. Um, and yeah, your list is amazing. You know, a lot of people always uh, give me a hard time about, you know, how God has shown us grace on uh, getting some guys. But, you know, getting uh, MacArthur, Dr. Sproul, you know, God rest his soul. You know, those are some guys that uh, that that I always wanted on the bar, man. So that is, that is awesome. Right here, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and or good night, and welcome to Courageous Theology. My name is Drew Temple, and I am your ruggedly bearded host, taking you on a journey of mind-bending, fun-filled, theology-laden listening while you relax, commute, or work around the house. Tune in for a new podcast episode dropping each Wednesday morning on iTunes, Stitcher, and CastBox. Then watch out for fresh blog posts to enjoy each Friday. You also want to be sure to head over to our website, CourageousTheology.com, to sign up for our email list. You can also connect with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at Courageous Theology. Until next time, fight for the faith and strive to be courageous in all things. All right, guys, we're back in here with... Uh... With, with my man Chris from Iron Sharpens Iron. 
uh, I can probably say the legend. Uh, <laughs> I definitely admire your work. <laughs> I definitely admire your work and uh, and definitely a big fan. And, and and again, so grateful that you took time to be on the show. Um, what I like to do here, Chris, at at the end, man, I do what I call these signature bar questions, and because we're almost done, you know, we we get we get done quick on the bar. I told you it would be in and out, but uh, I have three what I call signature bar questions that I want to ask you, and then uh, we'll be out of here. So the first signature bar question is, because it's funny because you, you talked about how you didn't like what the radio station was playing. So this question is, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Uh, I have a very eclectic spectrum of taste in music, but my favorite of all is acapella music. And I love oh. a- acapella worship music. And uh and I know this may sound in in some uh, politically correct people's minds uh, maybe twisted into something racist, but I prefer black people singing a cappella. <laughs> I, 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 I just I just love black a cappella music more than anything. And um, but I but when I'm not in church, there's all kinds of uh, uh, music that I do like as long as it's not you know filled with profanity or twisted you know, sick stuff. In fact, you know, the profanity and the, the psychopathic lyrics were something that I used to love before I was saved, but, uh, but, uh, not now. Thanks be to God. Yes, sir. All right. Next signature bar question is what book or books are you reading currently? Uh, right now I am reading, uh, a really excellent, excellent book by, uh, Jeremiah Burroughs, a f- famous Puritan, Rules for Our Walking with God by Jeremiah Burroughs. And this is an edition that was uh, published by Puritan Publications, and they modernized the, uh, the, the language into modern English, uh, but have not taken away any of the content. And uh, I highly recommend uh, Jeremiah Burroughs, anything by him. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Last signature bar question. And this may not apply because you're you're kind of in the game. But what podcasts or sermons do you listen? Do you like to listen to? I love to listen to uh, probably the the person that I believe is the most powerful preacher on the planet Earth, and that's Conrad Mbewe, the pastor of Kabwata Baptist Church in Lusaka, Zambia, Africa. I've known him since 1995, and <clears throat> he just I, I never leave the room after hearing him preach, whether it's in a church building live or whether it's a recording of him. I never walk away unedified. Uh, I'm always blown away by him. And you, whoever you are, wherever you live, you've got to get a hold of recordings of Conrad and Bayway and make every effort to see him preach if he's preaching somewhere near you. And he will be. In Pennsylvania, uh, in April thirteenth uh, through the fifteenth, so I am looking forward to that at the Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology. Awesome, awesome stuff. All right, sir, uh, man, that is a pretty good list, and uh, you, you handled the bar questions very well. Um, <laughs> what I want to do here is uh, is give you the floor to uh, whatever words of encouragement you have for my listeners uh, or any announcements or anything, uh, just be mindful that I'm not 100% sure when this show will drop and also how they can 
catch uh, Iron Sharpens Iron. I'm going to give you the floor to do that right here. Well, uh, I want to, uh, first of all, let everybody know that you can listen to Iron Sharpens Iron Radio live Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It's uh, two hours live, and uh, I hope that you start listening and writing in questions. I take questions via email at chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. You can submit questions every day, and when we're interviewing authors, we uh, most often give away books by those authors, free books, to those who submit questions. Nearly every single reform publisher that I can even think of provides these uh, books for us for free uh, whenever we have interviews with their authors. Uh, I want to be of of unique encouragement uh, to those who have fallen into sin as Christians and they are in terror facing the, the, the prospect of being disciplined by the church. I can say as one who fell back into alcoholism or severe drunkenness after 18 years of sobriety, <clears throat> that, uh, that church discipline saved my life. I thank God for the pastors that uh, thought enough about not only honoring God and his word uh, by conducting church discipline, but also cared enough about my eternal soul to love me back into uh, good standing with the church and uh, I just urge everyone, if you are going through some kind of a serious private sin, uh, that you should really come forward with this, uh, with your elders, and, uh, and welcome church discipline, because it is meant to restore uh, you back into a right relationship, and it's meant to be an act of love. And uh, I just thought that I'd share that, since it might be something unique coming from a Christian guest on your show. I don't... I, I haven't heard too many Christian folks being interviewed who uh, admit to that aspect of life, and perhaps they've never experienced it. But I have, and I just mm-hmm. I want to let the, I want to let people know that it's not the end of the world to be under d- church discipline if you cooperate willingly with the elders and uh, obey what they instruct you to do, and which I uh, did, and was fully restored to. To membership and good standing. I even conducted an interview with my former pastor on Long Island about church discipline, the very pastor that disciplined me. So uh, I just thought that that perhaps would be a unique word from one of your guests. Awesome. Now that's that's really good. I appreciate you sharing that. That is awesome. Well, I'm, I'm happy to say that you were on the bar and not in the bar today, and I appreciate your time. <laughs> yes, sir. And I, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, coming on, and I'm so grateful. And uh, I just thank God uh, for, for guys like yourself uh, paving the way for for us, and hopefully we can continue to uh, connect and network and, and work together, brother. And I just want to see you big God bless you. And to my listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Every Tuesday, your favorite podcast, The Bar Podcast, where we are biblical and reformed. And uh, you can find us on Facebook, thebarpodcast.com, as well as Twitter and Instagram, the bar underscore podcast. And until next time, you guys, we out.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there